Well, what's up, everybody? Hope you're doing great. Hope you're having a wonderful day, a wonderful morning. We celebrate the resurrection of Jesus today. If you are here in the auditorium, we're so glad that you're here. If you're watching online uh, remotely, we just appreciate your willingness to come and worship with us. And so we celebrate. We celebrate Jesus and, and his life, you know, and, and who he is, his death, his resurrection. It's incredible. It's something that just should bring incredible amounts of joy. Uh, for us in our lives and, and just fill us up. And, you know, and another reason it brings joy is because Jesus had Easter baskets in the tomb. Like when he came out, he rose from the dead. He had Easter baskets for all the children. He, like he spread eggs around the garden, you know, for the kids when they came to see him. Like they, there was a, an Easter egg hunt and, and there, were, there were chocolate bunnies like for all the kids. And, and the good kids actually got jars of peanut butter to dip their Easter bunny in. Like I don't know about you, but I'm all about that. Like those ears go straight into a jar of peanut butter and in my mouth. So I, I don't know where you're at, but... Like like, I love that. I love celebrating Easter. I love celebrating Jesus and the resurrection. You know, and for us as a family, it's an extremely important holiday. I mean, we do some of the, the fun things as well. I can remember when, you know, our sons were younger, uh, we, would, we would get them Easter baskets. And in fact, we still do that today. Our oldest is 19. Where's my Easter basket, Mom? Like, so we still do that. But I remember when they were younger, uh, I, I would try and do this cool, fun dad thing where I would, I would draw out a little map. You know, like a treasure map, uh, you know, so I would say, you know, here you are, and I would have all these dashes and furniture and things, and, and they would search around, and so I would hide them in the dryer and all these, you know, just fun places to do. They really, really enjoyed that. But of course, you know, along with those fun things and the jelly beans, uh, we taught our kids about Jesus. We taught our kids about his death, the crucifixion, and, and all that it entails on Good Friday, uh, but then certainly the resurrection, that our, our God lives that Jesus is alive, and so just we love that. We love celebrating that as a church. And, you know, when you talk about the resurrection, I don't know if you've studied Scripture or taken a look at, the, there, are, there are many resurrections in Scripture. There actually are over 10 that we, that we find, you know, so kids get ris, risen back to life, uh, parents, old people, young people. Like, there's, there's a number of resurrections that happen. And, and here's the deal. Like, I know, like, in this day and age, some of you maybe even have had friends or family or have heard of stories of people who literally died but then were either resuscitated or brought back to life or you know just came back and, and were alive and so that's amazing and so that's we celebrate that we celebrate Jesus' resurrection and we celebrate just his miraculous power that he displayed for us to see and we get to be a part of that and so then you know just talking just very openly and, and being realistic along with you know the back to life side there may have been some of you that have also lost somebody uh, maybe even recently you lost a friend or a family member and and they didn't come back to life and they're done and they're gone and, and it and it hurts like it's painful it's a struggle and so I just want to share with you you know we we hurt with you we understand that pain and and so th that's why we take solace in the in the reality of Jesus and who he is can you imagine you know, following Jesus for a period of time, being his mother, being his friend, being one of his disciples, and then all of a sudden seeing him beaten, arrested, beaten, and crucified. You're going, what in the world? And he's dead, and he's dead for three days, and, and it just, it makes our hearts sink, and so we understand that, we get that. But the fact is, regarding Jesus, because he is God's son, he rises back to life, uh, he overcomes sin and death, uh, which we are so grateful for, and so those who are in Christ are now recipients of God's grace and get to live eternal life with him forever. And so that's, that's so powerful. So what I wanted to do 
you know, for this Resurrection Sunday, on this Easter message, uh, I wanted to focus on three different resurrections uh, and, and talk about those in, in a different light and what that is. And, and so the first resurrection that I want to talk about is Lazarus's resurrection. You know, as I was praying and going, God, you know, what do you have for us? What's the, what's the message for that Resurrection Sunday? And, and so I really felt like I needed to start with one of the more popular resurrections in Scripture, and that's Lazarus. And so, you know, if you understand the context of what's going on around Lazarus, there are multiple people and characters, and, and, and so you have Mary and Martha, are two of them. They're his sisters. And so this is the same Mary and Martha that actually threw a dinner party for Jesus. And so this is the same Mary that's known for her extravagant worship where she pours the alabaster jar of perfume over Jesus' feet where you and I, we, we spray it up here where people can smell it, but she poured it on his feet as an act of worship and she's recognized for it still today in scripture. Uh, you know, and so I just, I, I bring that up because I'm, I want to point to the fact that, you know, Lazarus and Mary and Martha, uh, like they knew Jesus well. They knew him very well. They were, they were connected. They had a significant relationship. And so when you look at the, the resurrection of Lazarus, Jesus knew that Lazarus was sick. He knew he was very sick. And he knew also that he was to the point of death. And so I want to share some scripture out of John chapter 11 uh, for this message. And so I want to start in verse 4. It says, but when Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus... Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God so that the Son of God will receive glory from this. And so Jesus knows that he's sick. Jesus even knows that Lazarus died. Like he totally understands that and get that. But when you see these verses, when you read this, I mean, you look at Jesus' perspective. He's not looking at the fact that Lazarus is sick or had died. Jesus has this heavenly perspective. He's got his eyes on the fact that, the, that his father will receive glory. That glory will re be recognized in Jesus because of his power. And so that's so significant. I mean, Jesus makes that declaration. This will be for the glory of the father. You know, you and I, we get wrapped up in the sickness. We get wrapped up in the death. But Jesus is going, no, there's another thing. There's another way. And something else is going to happen for the glory of God. Now, <laughs> I wish that I trusted God so much that when I faced difficulties, you know, whether they be sickness or struggle or, you know, a, a, any type of difficulty, I wish that I would take that heavenly perspective. You know, I, I, you know Jesus, of course, does that and gives that display for us and models that for us. So I just, you know, I see that in my life and, and maybe you do as well. You know, so Jesus goes to where they're grieving. He understands, he gets it, he relates with the grieving process on what's going on. I mean, Mary and Martha are there. And so he, he's going to be with them. And so they're mourning Lazarus' death. But the thing that's interesting is when, when they know that Jesus is coming, they, Mary and Martha both encounter Jesus at different times. But they both say almost the same exact thing. And, and so what they say is, if you had only come sooner... If you would have only been here a little bit earlier, then maybe he would still be alive. Maybe you could have healed him of this sickness. And so to me, man, isn't it, isn't it just incredible sometimes how God's timeline is so different than ours? I mean, so different. 
I mean, have you ever wanted God to do something faster? Like, how many of you be willing to put your hand up, you know, wherever you're at and say, how many of you say, I wanted God to do something faster in my life? I mean, just about all of us. Like, God, what's the deal? Why in the world is this taking so long? You know, and for us right now in Grace Church, you know, we're celebrating our building, and, and, and we're so close to that, you know, being able to move in. And, but I got to tell you, like, I, this is kind of Pastor Aaron's confession to you on trying to make God do things faster. You know, I tried to determine the timeline for us as a church to have a building. <laughs> I tried. I really did. Because our church has met on Sundays in a movie theater for worship for 11 years. Like 11 years. And here's... That was not in my mind. When, when we started the church 11 years ago, I wasn't, I wasn't going, man, we should be in a movie theater forever. Like, that's just, uh, no, like, that was not in my mind. And so just, like, six years ago, I just, I had laid out this plan. It was a really good plan, like, solid for us. Made several attempts to get a building. Uh, you know, I wanted to try and maybe get a, an existing church building that we could renovate or find some type of lease space, like, something, anything that we could call our own, and <laughs> here I am trying to, you know, make God's timeline happen faster, and man, I just, God had bigger plans. I had something small and something, you know, that, that would be comfortable, and God's going, no, 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 just wait. Like, just wait till you see what I want to do, and man, I, I, so the, the reality is, is that's our story. Like, that's our story as a church. Uh, and, and man, I, I wouldn't change it. There have been some struggles, you know, definitely, you know, th throughout the years. But that's unique to us, unique to who we are as a church. And like, I don't know if you've been by the building recently or not, but you are absolutely welcome to go there. It is gorgeous. I mean, I don't know if I can say a building is sexy or not, but man, I'll tell you what, it, it, it looks good. It's beautiful. It's amazing. It's incredible. Uh, the, the timeline they're giving us now is, is possibly over the summer, even July, they're talking about us moving in, so that's amazing, and so just FYI, like on the strategy, I'm a strategic thinker, and so we'll do a soft launch, you know, of July, and, and then we'll do a grand opening maybe in August or something, but man, I'll t it is going to be amazing, and we're going to need all of your help when we get into it, it's going to be incredible, because I feel like, you know, the, our community is going to be different, that gives us an incredible resource, a launching pad to, to do more amazing things in our community and share the love of Christ in an incredible way. And so in, in sharing that, like we've seen incredible miracles along the way. Lazarus died and he was dead for four days and then the miracle came. And Grace Church has been in existence and worshiping for a while, but we don't establish the timeline. And so I just, I have to ask the question though, you know, if, if we were honest and raise our hand that we try and speed up God's timeline, where right now in your life are you trying to control a situation, you're trying to control an outcome, uh, maybe even you're even trying to control God in your life right now. And here's the reality, like, we can't, we can't do that. Uh, and God doesn't want us to do that. So I hope, like, we can find some freedom in this and trusting him even more. Because Jesus goes, right? Jesus knows Lazarus is sick. He's dead. He, Jesus goes to be with the friends and family. I mean, uh, Jesus has all of these followers, and, and they're going with him. They're following him to, the, you know, to Lazarus' tomb. They're all there. There's like, there was a lot of people. Lazarus was an extremely popular person. And so there, there was a big ceremony, a big service, a big funeral, a memorial service. And there were lots of people there. And then Jesus shows up on the scene. So even more people came. And Jesus makes this bold declaration. 
And so we jump down to John chapter 11, verse 39. Jesus says this. He says, roll the stone aside, Jesus told them. But Martha, the dead man's sister, protested. Lord, he's been dead for four days. The smell will be terrible. It's going to stink. There could not be a truer statement in Scripture. That is so true. I mean, when Jesus says, roll the stone aside, can you imagine standing there going, I don't know if that's a good idea. I mean, can, 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 like that, that's, that's so true. And so, <laughs> if I may, I wanted to call this message, it doesn't stink with Jesus, but it just, like, it didn't line up. So um, I called it the three resurrections. And, and so, but he, man, see, can you see what she's trying to do? She's trying to control the details of what Jesus is trying to do. Do you see that? Like Martha's trying to control Jesus and, 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 and the miracle that he wants to do. I mean, so Jesus has the authority to, to perform this miracle, not only to have healed Lazarus when he was sick before he died, but also to resurrect him while he's still dead and in the tomb. And so I just, I want to share with you, like we've got to let the Lord do what he wants to do. We've got to allow him to do that. We've got to trust him. We've got to relinquish authority and control over to him. Because what we're thinking is, oh, if you would have just been here sooner. And he's going, roll the stone aside. Watch now what I'm going to do. And so, like, he wants to do that in our lives. And so I have to ask, you know, are there barriers in your life right now that are preventing a miracle from taking place? Are you trying to control the Lord from doing something amazing? Because it might be dead and buried in your life. There, there might be, it might be in a tomb. There might be a stone that's in front. But I'll tell you what, Jesus wants to come and, and resurrect it back to life. Do you see that? Do you feel that? Can you experience that in your life? Because I believe that the Lord wants to do something miraculous in your life, wherever it is that you are, here in the auditorium, online watching, God wants to do something miraculous on this Resurrection Sunday as we celebrate and honor the Lord. And so that's Lazarus' resurrection. So now I want to talk about the second resurrection, which is Jesus. I mean, so Jesus' resurrection, obviously, this is the biggest one. It, it alters all humanity, gives us our access to, to the Father in heaven. It's incredible. But the thing that, that's amazing, when we look at timeline, three days before Jesus' resurrection, he was sentenced to, sentenced to death, even though he was innocent, completely innocent. No, crucify him. Beaten, whipped, tortured, the crown of thorns placed on his head. And there he is, nailed to a cross. And the thing that's interesting is we, we know and understand that, you know, as Good Friday, but here we are in this resurrection Sunday and the reason I bring, you know, Lazarus into the, into the whole story and want to share about him is because there was a tomb, or there was a, a, a stone in front of the tomb at Lazarus. And there was a stone in front of Jesus' tomb as well. And, and so that stone, that stone had been rolled away. So let's take a look at scripture in Luke 24, starting in verse 1. Very early on Sunday morning, the women went to the tomb, taking the spices that they had prepared. They found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. And so they went in. They probably were looking for jelly beans and baskets. And so they, they went in and they stood. They didn't find the Lord Jesus' body and they stood there puzzled. Two men suddenly appeared to them, clothed in dazzling robes. 
The women were terrified and they bowed their faces to the ground. The men asked, why are you looking among the dead for somebody who's alive? He isn't here. He's risen from the dead. Remember what he told you back in Galilee? The Son of Man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men and be crucified. And then, and, and, and that he would rise again on the third day. And so that's what we celebrate. We celebrate Jesus' resurrection. We celebrate his power over sin and death. There was a stone in front of his tomb, and it got rolled away. And so let's just kind of take a moment, and let's clap for the fact that Jesus shows that power. Not only does he speak it out over Lazarus in the stone, but he displayed it for himself. Like he never did anything wrong, but yet he took our sin on himself, the weight of that, so that we could be forgiven and restored and made whole and complete and be, be brought back to life. And so, I mean, I just, I, we have to experience that. We have to know that that's, that could just be the reality for you in this moment where something inside is dead and the Lord wants to, to bring it back to life because that's the third resurrection I want to touch on. It's our resurrection. Have you ever thought about that? I mean, there probably have been times in your life where you go, I feel so dead inside. I feel like nothing's going my way. I feel like I'm alone. I feel like they've abandoned me. They've left me for dead. What's going to happen? And so let me share with you one of the extremely powerful statements that Jesus made to Lazarus' sister. So we're going back to John 11. In verse 23, Jesus told her, your brother will rise again. Yes, Martha said, he will rise when everyone else rises at the last day. And Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. This is incredible. This is amazing that Jesus makes this declaration that uh, oftentimes we call them the I am statements, where Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. I am the true vine. I am the good shepherd. And so that I am statement is so powerful and profound. Like that's making himself equal with God. And so th that's incredible. He's going, I am the one that brings the dead back to life. And so are there things in your life right now that are dead and struggling or you feel alone? And maybe, just maybe, the Lord is speaking to you and saying, I am the resurrection for what you feel is dead inside. I'm going to restore it and roll the stone aside. So one of the things I want to share with you uh, from my life, you know, in talking about the stone and, and it being in front of the tomb, I, like I have to be honest, there have been several times in my life where I was my biggest obstacle. Like I don't know if you've experienced that before in your life, but there have, t there have been times when, you know, I felt like God wanted to do something big. I felt like God wanted to do something significant, but I was not willing to allow that to happen. Or uh, I, was, I was not aware of the obstacle or the barrier, uh, and, and, and so I, I had to become aware of that. But then, to be totally honest, there were plenty of times when I was aware of the barrier, but I was comfortable with it being there. I liked it. I wanted it there because it gave me this level of comfortability. It gave me security. Like, well, what happens if, if that removes? Like, what's next? And that caused fear in my heart. Just to be honest, like uncertain of what might come. And so I got used to those barriers being there. 
and, and, and they hedged me in, and they kept, kept me in this place. And, um, but here's the deal. When, when, and when I look at those in my life, and maybe you as well, what I want to say to you, it's going to stink. Like, like here, here's the deal. It's going to stink. When God takes barriers away, it's going to stink. It's going to be difficult. It's going to be challenging. You're going to go into new uncharted territory where you're not going to be in control. It's going to feel a little bit chaotic and uncertain. God, what? Are, and that's exactly where the Lord wants us. He wants us to trust him more. He wants us to be completely reliant upon him. He wants our faith to be expanded and become more bold. But he, and he's going, why are you letting the barrier stay there? It stinks. Stop staying behind the barrier where the smell is. No, no, no. Let's roll away and let's move forward. I wanted to share just a, just a quick example of this. I have a friend, you know, super close friend of mine who had the barrier of alcoholism as, as a block in his life. It was there, and, and it affected his life. It affected his work. It affected his family, his friends, his kids. It affected his marriage. And God did something amazing and removed that barrier and that obstacle that he constantly was coming up against. And, and he told me, he said, you know what? It was one of the hardest things that I've ever done in my life. And here, you know, he, 11 years sober, it just, it's incredible, the, the story. And so I just, but I, I want to I ask you, like, what's your barrier? Maybe your barrier is insecurity. Maybe you look at yourself and you go, oh, mate, I can't do that. Maybe it's pride. Maybe you think you're better than what you really are. And God is saying, you're constantly butting up against that because you're not relying upon me. Maybe you don't think you're smart enough. Maybe you don't think you have enough experience. Maybe you don't think you have enough money. Like, I want to say to you, Exactly what happened with Martha. Stop trying to control the details of the miracle that the Lord wants to do in your life. You're putting that barrier there and you're leaving it and God's going, no, no, no. I've got so much more for you. And so today on this Easter Sunday, this Resurrection Sunday, with Lazarus the stone was rolled away from the tomb. From Jesus, the angels roll the stone away. He comes back to life. Maybe, just maybe... Your stone's going to get rolled away as well, and you're going to experience a resurrection today in your life. That's what I'm going to talk about. That's what's amazing. That's what's powerful. It's a big deal. And I, I, I got to say it again because I love the line. It's going to stink. It's going to be hard. Like, that's the reality. It's gonna, you're going to feel out of control, and it's going to feel chaotic. But rolling the stone away... And breaking those barriers, it, like, it's never easy. And we have to recognize that. It maybe will be the most difficult thing that you've ever ex experienced in your life. But here's the deal. It's so good. It's miraculous. It's amazing. And Jesus experienced the same thing. Like he was willing to lay his life down as a sacrifice. To, to, he, he said, God, like, if there's any other way... Please, please, and, and, and yet not what I want. God, what do you want? What's the miracle that you're going to perform through me? That's what Jesus is saying. And Jesus says, God's son, you know, came up against that barrier. It's reality. We all face it. But he was willing to break through and say, God, help me to have this heavenly perspective. And so that our perspective might change. Instead of looking at the backside of a, of a stone 
and that barrier, maybe just we can walk out and take a step. And so have that heavenly type perspective. And so Jesus bleeds. He, he lays his life down so that we could have forgiveness. You know, and as part of this service, we're going to take communion together in, in just a moment. But, but I want to I pause and I, like I've got to focus on the reality that some of you are needing a breakthrough. Some of you are wanting and desiring that. And this could be the breakthrough moment for yourself. And so one, one of the things it talks about in Scripture is dying to ourself, where we literally die, where we lay ourselves down. And so I have to talk about the, the fact why Jesus died. He died for you. He died so that you could know him. He loved you so much. He was, he's so passionate for you that when, you know, when the time came, he said, you know what? I'm willing to do this. I'm willing to lay my life down for us. So that we could have this connection with him. So this, the stone of, of, forg- of forgiveness could be moved away. Like we could have this restoration with the Lord. Because you and I are spiritual beings. Do you know that? Like we have a body, we have a mind, we have emotions. But God designed us as spiritual beings so that we can connect with him. Because he's a spiritual being that lives forever. Bound by not time or space. And Jesus, as God's son, like focused on the spiritual aspect for us. And so I want to ask you, is the barrier in your life the fact that, that you haven't, haven't experienced salvation? Where, where in Scripture it talks about when we put our faith and hope and trust in Jesus, that we're saved. That literally our, our spirit is, is renewed. It's made new. We're made whole and complete because we have this connection with, with Jesus, with the Father through Jesus. And so the thing about it is, is I don't know if you've heard this before, but there's nothing that you and I could ever do to earn our way to heaven. The only thing that we could ever do is to put our faith and belief in Christ because he is God's son and he showed his power over sin and death. You and I can't do it. It's impossible. There's no way. But Jesus made a way. He rolled the stone away. And he showed his power, and he did that for us. And so if everyone here in the auditorium, if you be willing to bow your head and close your eyes, and those of you watching online, just, just have this moment. I, I, I want you to look at your life right now. You know, when you look at your life and you go, man, am I resurrected? Do I have this connection, you know, with Jesus? Because that's the first and most important thing. Maybe you've made a commitment to follow Christ before, and, and things aren't going quite the way that you hope them to be and so now is the moment where things can change and so if you're here and you want to accept Christ as your personal Lord and Savior uh, this is the moment so what I'm going to do is I'm going to in just a second I'm going to ask that you would raise your hand because it's a big deal like I had you raise your hand earlier saying that you know there was a block or you tried to make something faster and now is the moment where you say I know I need Christ And so if that's you here in the auditorium, if you would be willing to slip your hand up and say, that's me. Like, Pastor Aaron, thank you so much. I need to have a a connection with Christ. I need to commit my life to him and follow after him. I need to make things new and begin. Yeah, go ahead and put it up. Nobody's looking around. It's not about being embarrassed. It's about the reality that we need Jesus. And today's the resurrection. And it's for you. Like, this is a one-on-one thing between you and God. And so God sees your hand. He sees your heart. He knows that that you're crying out to him and you need him. So what I want to do is I want to pray with you right now. 
And so it's not that my words are special in any way, but because God looks at our heart, but maybe you pray and you say these words along with me. And just maybe you say something like, God, I know I need you. God, I, I, I thank you so much for sending Jesus for me. Jesus, I believe that you're God's son and that you died and you rose again for me. Would you please forgive me of all the things that I've ever done? I have so much shame and guilt from the past. Would you remove all that? Lord, that's a barrier in my life. Would you restore me and make me new? Because I believe that you truly did rise from the dead. Come and be my Lord and Savior once and for all. In Jesus' name.